And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. If you don't have your Bibles, uh, the text is in your bulletin and it will be displayed on the wall. This morning we're considering the person of Abraham and his faith, which we've already referenced from Romans 4 in the pastoral prayer. And we're going to hear episodes of faith this morning. In the passage that we'll read, you'll hear the name of Abraham, the name of Sarah, and the name of their son Isaac. You probably know these names, perhaps you don't, but give your attention to God's Word as we consider three people and three episodes of faith, which the author of Hebrews is calling us to share the depth and the quality of that faith. So give your attention to God's Word. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 to 19. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, He made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Let's pray that God would help us understand his word. Lord, these words written long ago about events and people even longer ago 
and stories that overwhelm us. Lord, would you help us to understand what you have for us to believe? And would you give us the kind of faith that your word is calling us to have? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've said in recent weeks that the author of Hebrews is, is defining faith. And he's making a case for faith that God's people have always had and that you and I are to continue and to persist in. And his short little summary in verse 1 of chapter 11 about what faith is, is he's saying it's, it's like being sure, it's being confident, it's being certain of things which are not yet seen. Which is to say, faith is being confident that you have something in hand, even though you do not yet have it in hand. That is his way of summarizing this complex subject of faith. And so in our text that we've just heard and that we're going to consider for several minutes, we have three characters and we really have three episodes of faith. Three episodes, three stories, if you will, within these few verses. And like in previous weeks, his little summaries, though he gives greater detail to Abram than others, there's a lot of Old Testament story, a lot of Old Testament scripture summarized here. And so we're going to have to read and look at some of that, but I'm going to try to do it to keep us within our normal schedule and timetable. So three characters, three calls, and the first is the call of Abram. Now this references Genesis chapter 12, and for the sake of brevity, I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. And I do not believe I have this for you on the wall, which means you're going to have to work really hard to listen here. So Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. If you grab the handout on the way in, it is on the handout. It says, The Lord God had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord God had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out for Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. The call of Abram was an uncomfortable call. I don't know how else to summarize it other than it's not an easy call. It's not a comfortable call. Listen, if you've ever gone into your living room and plopped down in your recliner, and then someone on the other end of the house calls your name, and asks you to come to them. Have you not grumbled and complained that you got to get up out of the recliner and go all the way across the other side of the house when you had just gotten situated? Here the Lord comes to Abram at age 75, 
and says, you're going to pick up and you're going to move and you're going to go to a place that you don't know, to a foreign people that you don't understand. And that's not comfortable. It's certainly not convenient. I'm going to try to work a lot of application into this because we're considering these characters of old, but it is ripe with application. God's call to His people tends to be uncomfortable. It tends to be inconvenient. And God's people tend to not like discomfort and inconvenience. Self-disclosure, honest disclosure, right? We're honest in this hour. I don't like to be inconvenienced and I don't like to be uncomfortable. But God's call is an inconvenient call. It's an uncomfortable call. It tends to. It is the call in this instance as God's working out the plan of the gospel and of redemption. It is literally a call to go, a call to leave, and that is a call to a 75-year-old. It's uncomfortable. It's inconvenient. Now listen, I'm saying this uh, to a congregation, Greenwood, South Carolina, here in the southeast, And we love our hometown. We love our people. Uh, We love the thought of living near mom and dad and grandma and granddad and keeping all all the chickens close, right? Roosting nearby. We love that in the southeast. Maybe own a little piece of property and everybody stay nearby. I mean, I like that. There's even a country song on the radio. You know this song, some of you who, like me, are rednecks and listen to country music. There's a song on the radio right now. It says, buy dirt. Buy dirt. Find the one you can't live without. Get a ring. Let your knee hit the ground. Do what you love, but call it work. Send your prayers up and your roots down deep. Add a few limbs to your family tree and watch their pencil marks and the grass in the yard as it all grows up. You can't buy happiness, but you can buy dirt. And we listen to that song, and we like that song because that's, that's our southern way of life, right? Buy a little piece of land, live near mom and dad, maybe near the grandparents, and let's just have that storybook life together, right? Is that just me? Am I the only one who wants that? No. It's a country song because there's something in us that doesn't want to go, that doesn't want to leave. We like to be comfortable and to stay. And sometimes God's story is for us to do that. Sometimes it is. But it was not for Abram. Abraham's was a a call. It was a necessary call that if he was going to bless the earth, as God said he was going to do, you're not going to do it settling in one place. God had a vision and a plan, and he was to go. He was to enter the earth. He was to leave the comforts. He was to leave the convenience. And this was the call of Abram. Uh, About two years ago. By the way, this week we celebrated the three-year anniversary when this congregation voted to call me to serve as pastor. That was, that was on my dad's birthday, which was February 23. So three years ago this week. And we spent that year where we preached outside during COVID and a year where we were in the gym during COVID. But I have a vivid memory of preaching outdoors on a passage like this one. And we had a visitor in our midst that day. And on that day, I talked about something like this point, that God calls us 
to think about the kingdom first and to be willing to be inconvenienced, to be uncomfortable. But all of our instincts are to get the chickens to roost near to us and to hold on. We don't want our kids to grow up. We don't want them to leave the nest. We want them to stay forever sometimes. And, And this visitor came up to me afterwards and he said, thank you for saying that. We needed to hear that. We're becoming empty nesters right now. And my wife has been crying every night because she can't come up with the way to get everybody to move back close to home. And she felt like that's what a good mom does. But he said, you help remind us God's calling us to go. We don't know where, but he's calling us to be willing to go, to go do something and to trust him along the way. Right? You, some of you, you've lived through this. You've had an empty nest. You've launched children with fear. What's going to come of them? Will they survive without us? But by faith, we know that God's at work. He'll take care of His people. Our job is to trust Him and to obey. It was necessary for God's plan, God's work to bless the earth, for, for Abraham to be inconvenienced to be on the move. And that was the call. To be a wandering and homeless person who would live in tents. Never mind his instincts to settle down and grow roots in dirt. He was to be a wanderer. He was in that way a homeless pilgrim. But he was always homeward bound. And that's the distinction that the text is making. God's people in this world are a homeless people. But we are always homeward bound because our home is not on this earth. Our home is the ultimate city which God has prepared for us. And so there's a reworking of our mindset that pushes against our southern instincts. That, man, we love our home here, but this is not our ultimate home. We are homeward bound. We are homeless pilgrims who are homeward bound. And we need to think that way. And our children need to grow up thinking that way. It's not about possessions, property, and life on this earth. It is about the king and the kingdom that is yet to come. Only Christians will think that way. It is a challenging call then for Abram. It's challenging of him, all of his instincts, just like it is for us. But his ultimate call in this episode of faith was to trust and to obey. Not to complain, not to be half-hearted. The ultimate call was for him to trust and obey. And as Abram's story plays out, if you know his story, you know it's not a perfect story. He gets it wrong. There is a lot of failure In Abram, there's a lot of failure in Sarah. They will take matters into their own hands and try to bring God's conclusion and His promises about on their timetable. But the Lord will not have His timetable changed. He will do what He does the way He does it and in His timing. And so He is called to trust and obey. Episode 1, the call of Abram, is a call to trust and to obey. Number two, second episode of faith is the call of Sarai. 
In Genesis chapter 17, two selections from there, verses 1 through 7 and verses 15 and 16. Give your attention to that, not on the wall, but read for you. And listen to the details. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you. And kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Then skipping down to verses 15 to 17, 15 and 16. God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, You're no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. Oh, so much going on here. But the call of Sarah is obviously connected to the call to Abram. So Abraham, his name is changed to Abraham. Sarai's name is changed to Sarah. Remember that God, the covenant-making God, frequently changing names of people because He changes the purposes of people and redefines them in the earth and uses them as instruments in the earth. He changed your name, if you're a Christian, put the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit Spirit on you at baptism and sends you into the earth as an offering to go and live for Him. The same covenant God working in the same and similar kinds of ways. He changes Abram's name and Sarai's name and says, you remember the promise I made to you so many years ago? I'm not on your timetable. I'm on mine. And you will have children even though you are old in age. Abraham, 99 years of old. Sarah, just a few years behind him. And this is, the call of Sarah is an improbable call. This isn't how we understand pregnancy to work. The elderly don't bear children. That's not our human experience. An elderly mother, that is outrageous. And they knew it was outrageous. It was improbable. How could this be true? Well, it was true because Sarah's call was a providential call. It was God at work. It was God fulfilling His plan, His purposes, His promises that He had made. 
And so God can do whatever He wants to do. And God would do a miraculous, a wonderful work here that's described in Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. Here's the conclusion to that promise. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as, she, as He had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what He had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. And when his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. The name Isaac means laughter. They called him laughter. This call of Sarah was an improbable call. It was a providential call. And to them, it was a comical call and a joyful call. And we laugh as human beings when things are funny and when things are joyful. And that's why they named Isaac Laughter. He brought them joy and it was absurd that God actually did what they didn't think He was going to do. But the Lord proved faithful to His promise. He had changed their names and He saw His promise through that there would be a seed line as promised. A seed line that the Messiah would ultimately be born into. God was fulfilling His promises. God was at work. And they called the child laughter. Now again, these people had been imperfect. Abraham and Sarah had taken matters into their own hands. Ishmael had been born to Hagar. This was not a good thing. This was not how God was at work. This was how they were at work, how man was at work. And you and I can do that. We can try to help God see His purposes through, and we can make a mess of things. But the Lord's will would not be thwarted. We cannot thwart God's will. And so God would fulfill His purposes, do it in a laughable, a hilarious, and outrageous way because God's will would be done. This is episode two of faith. And it too is characterized by trusting and obeying. Abraham was called to trust and obey. Sarah was called to trust and obey. And then we have the third episode. And this is the call to sacrifice Isaac. An amazing passage, an amazing story. It's found in Genesis chapter 22. Give your attention to this reading of an episode of faith. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to Abraham, Abraham, Here I am, Abraham replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, 
and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and he placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And when they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. And he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place, the Lord will provide. This is the third episode of faith, and it clearly is the most dramatic episode of faith. Here these parents who had longed for a son had an amazing story of finally having a son. And now that son whom they loved, their only son, God would give them a mysterious, dreadful call to sacrifice that son. Now, we could ask a thousand questions of, of why. The one clear answer is that this was a test of faith. It's a test of faith that you and I really experience similarly, frequently, and that test is this. Do you love the gift God has given you? Or do you love the giver of the gift? The one himself who gives the gift. That was the ultimate test of Abraham. And by faith, he passed the test. By faith, he showed that the Lord provided this son. And if this son is put to death, then he can be raised to life again. So I will... Trust and obey. And so a third episode of faith with the same conclusion. All of these episodes of faith are, are episodes, examples of God's people being called to trust Him and to obey Him even when it hurts, even when it's inconvenient, even when it doesn't make sense. But they trust Him and they trust His promises they trust that He will be true to His promises. And so, mysteriously, even in the story of Isaac, what is a dreadful call becomes a delightful call. When the son is spared and a substitute ram or lamb is provided. Can you imagine the joy in their heart? 
when he realizes, I knew it. I knew the Lord would provide. I knew the Lord would be good. And he has been. And so that dreadful call becomes a delightful call. Now, some of you could come up this morning and share a story of how God has called you to do something that you dreaded and that you did not want to do. And somehow it had become a great blessing to you. I've told you before, I, I have heard people suffering from disease, suffering from cancer, who have spoken the words, you know, I would have never chosen this. Or some crisis in their life beyond that. I would never have chosen this. But I have seen God at work through it. And somehow I would not choose another path. That's a testimony of faith. And some of you have lived that already. Some of you are living through that now. Probably all of us will live through it in some story of faith in our future. But whatever the episode, all three of these... And the same is true for us. God is calling His people to trust and to obey. And those are two words that some days we would rather not be in our vocabulary. We would rather complain and do it our way. But God's called us to trust and to obey. Listen to what he says in Hebrews 11, verses 13 to 16, as he summarizes these episodes of faith. He says, all of these people were still living by faith when they died. That is to say, they persisted in their faith through hard things. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return and go back. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. And therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. Do you hear what he's saying? God's people... Old Testament, New Testament, and now. We are a forward-looking people. We're not to look down in the present now, and we're certainly not to look in our past. We are always leaning forward. We are always looking forward. We're trusting the promises of God. We're leaning on those promises. And the truth is, the promises of God are all that we have. That's all that we have. And it's all that we need. If you're a Christian, that is the sum of it all. The promises of God that He's given us in Scripture, it is all that we have. But it's all that we need because He will be faithful to His promises. As you take all these things said of these three characters in these three episodes, I think it's safe to say this. Every one of us, we are all called to be pilgrims. Which is to say, though we may love our homes, we may love our dirt, we may love the storybook story of all the chickens staying home to roost together, at the end of the day we're pilgrims and we need to know it. We are pilgrims, wandering pilgrims in this life. We also can agree that we're all called to do some outrageous and laughable things. Now, getting pregnant in old age is not what I'm talking about. 
But you could come tell your stories of how God has called you to do things that the world laughs at and thinks are foolish. Maybe you turned down a career and and a path that was going to be lucrative and and led to, to big money. And you chose to do something like raise children to stay at home. And the world would laugh at that, but not kingdom people. We understand that our children are the greatest treasure on this earth that God has given us. And so the world can laugh and say that we're outrageous, but we carry on. We persist on. We, we do what God has called us to do. We can also resonate with these episodes of faith that we too are called to sacrifice things that we love, things that we want, and we will willingly sacrifice them. Now, God's not going to call us to sacrifice our children at our own hand, but we will sacrifice dreams and hopes, aspirations, ambitions for His, for His will to be done. And we, like they, we're called to trust and obey. It's the same story of faith. Whoever the people are, it's always been a call to trust and obey with a faith that looks forward, a faith that leans on the promises of God, and a faith that lives on, it carries on, it perseveres imperfectly, but it carries on. That's what the author of Hebrews is telling these stories for. He's reaching back into the Old Testament to these names, these characters, these episodes, and he's showing them, this is to be true of you. Live through what God is calling you to live through. Sacrifice when God calls you to sacrifice. Do it by faith. Lean on His promises. Trust and obey. Because there really is no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Let's pray. This is a hard prayer, but let's pray that this would be true of us. And then let's sing this truth together. Lord, we thank You for the benefit of Your Word and its ability to remind us, to encourage us, and Your Spirit's ability to empower us to live by faith. And so, Lord, would You help us to be a people who trust and who obey, who seek to do what You say because we trust You. And Lord, for those who are in a season right now of uncertainty, a fear of not knowing what's next, of not being able to control things, Lord, by faith, would you help us to trust and to obey. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.